The reading is from John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 7. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not, don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to be here again uh, this week. I hope you all had a fantastic week. I certainly did. I'm actually very excited. It feels like summer uh, is on its way back, which is great. I'm very excited. Um, Let me pray as we begin. Father, please would you uh, speak to us now uh, by your word and spirit, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see if this is working. Is this uh, thing on? What am I doing wrong? Sorry, guys. <laughs> maybe uh, if I just... Oh, there we go. That's, is that working? Yeah, maybe if I just asked you to change slides, there's not too many today. No, it's not working, I don't think. Um, all right, so if you, if you don't mind heading to the next slide. So in 1971, thanks. Uh, as you guys all know, I'm sure, uh, John Lennon sang a song called Imagine... Uh, and he sang, imagine uh, there's no heaven, right? He thought that would be a great thing. Uh, he said, imagine that, um, you know, all the people were living for today. He said there'd be no religion, uh, there'd be no wars. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, all the world would be living as one. And uh, that might sound fantastic if you're young, uh, if you're rich, and if you're a rock star, uh, but if you are troubled, you know, if you're doing it tough, uh, if things aren't going uh, so well, and perhaps indeed, you know, if the world is going through a global pandemic, uh, I want to suggest actually there's nothing more helpful, uh, there's nothing more practical uh, than to spend some time imagining there is a heaven, uh, and to spend some time imagining that it will be absolutely awesome. Uh, So that's what we're going to do this morning, we're going to be imagining heaven, uh, and as we do, maybe the next slide please, Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, three things. Uh, let's see if this, oh great, I think it's working. Heaven is a real place. Uh, the highlight is Christ's presence and the way in is Christ's person. Okay, if you're taking notes, there are three headings. Heaven is a real place. The highlight is Christ's presence and the way in is Christ's person. Let me just readjust here. Okay, uh, so point one, heaven is a real place. So if you've got your Bible there, have a look with me. Uh, John 14, um, starting uh, at verse 1. Jesus says to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If you remember last week, uh, if you were here or watching online, 
Um, it's the night before Jesus dies, uh, and so he's um, having his last supper with his disciples. And I imagine they're all very relaxed. Uh, they're all, you know, enjoying good wine with good friends uh, and good food. And then Jesus drops this bombshell. Uh, verse 33 we saw last week, he says, My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, that totally shifts the mood, I think. His disciples are starting to freak out. Bear in mind, they've been with Jesus for three years. Um, I think pretty much they'd left everything uh, to follow Jesus. And now Jesus is saying that he was going to leave them, right? And they were shocked. And uh, they're starting to get troubled. So uh, verse 1, Jesus says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. How does Jesus comfort them? Verse 2, he says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have said to you or told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Now, I quite like uh, the old King James translation. Uh, it says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Uh, and that's got a lot of people excited, I think, uh, as they think about that. Um, now, I want to say, I don't think Jesus is saying we're all um, going to get one of these. Um, although that might be true. Uh, in the ancient world, uh, I think the image Jesus is drawing on is um, when a son got married, uh, they would build an extra room uh, onto the father's house, or perhaps if it was a bigger, say, country villa, uh, they would build an, another house uh, around a common courtyard. Uh, so I suspect that's the image here. And in any case, it's obviously a metaphor. Jesus is talking about heaven. And he's saying that in heaven there are many rooms, which is to say in heaven there's lots of space, right? There's lots of space for everyone. So that's how Jesus comforts his disciples. He says tough, there are, today it's tough, I think he's saying that they're troubled, but also I think he's saying tough times are coming, right? You're going to experience disciples, you're going to experience a lot of trouble, uh, but he's saying find comfort in the fact that just imagine how awesome heaven will be. So I want to build on Jesus' point here. Um, he's just talking about how big heaven is or how much room there is for everyone, but I actually want to build on that and just think in a little bit more detail what heaven will be like, um, if I can follow in Jesus' footsteps here. Um, and let me put it like this. If you don't find much comfort uh, in the thought of heaven, uh, it's possibly because your view of heaven is wrong, right? I'll be a little bit bold by saying that. Um, one of my favourite uh, cartoons is by a guy called Gary Larson. And uh, for those who can't see, um, it's a picture of a guy who's obviously in heaven, or at least the, you know, the way some people think about heaven. He's sitting on a cloud and he's looking very bored. And he says, wish I'd bought a magazine, right? So in, the, in this case, I think a lot of people think of heaven as something like, a doctor's waiting room, right, where you're just bored out of your brains and you wish you had something there to entertain you. Um, you know, some people think of, um, you know, heaven as an, a never-ending church service, which also, I think, um, gets a lot of people nervous. Um, <laughs> but all through the Bible, um, the picture of heaven really is, is nothing like this. Um, the picture of heaven in the Bible is that heaven will be amazing. And uh, one clue we have is, um, is, is what Jesus says here, that heaven is a place. He goes to prepare a place for us. Now, um, a place is not just a space. A place is a space uh, with meaning and significance. So it's a little bit like the difference between a house and a home. Um, so, for example, this is a picture of uh, the house where I grew up. Um, it's in Longueville or Lancôme. 
And um, the house, you see, the house is a building. Um, the house is a location. Uh, the house is the bricks and the, 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 the timber and whatnot, the stuff it's made out of. It's how many bedrooms uh, it is. And uh, so a house is just a space. But you see, a home is a place. Right? A home is all the memories uh, of family and friends in the house. Uh, a home is the smells of mum's cooking. Uh, a home is all the joys of uh, Christmas mornings when you're a kid. A home is the security and the stability. Um, a home is the comfort and the connections uh, and the belonging. So a home is a place uh, because it's filled with meaning and significance. And uh, I think, you know, in the same way, heaven is a place. It's not just some space up there in the clouds. You know, heaven is this earth made new. Uh, So um, heaven, I think, is what the earth will be like uh, when God returns in all his glory, uh, when he makes this earth his dwelling place. Uh, Heaven is what earth will look like when all um, of this world's beauty, right? So this world is beautiful, uh, and yet there's so many imperfections in the world. So heaven is what this earth will look like when all its beauty is perfected and all the bad stuff is taken away. It's when everything John Lennon sang about will finally come true, right? No wars, no greed, no hunger, uh, when the world will truly be as one. Uh, Heaven will definitely not be boring. Whatever you love in this world, it will be 10,000 times better uh, in heaven. Uh, For example, if you value um, nice homes and and lots of wealth, um, don't worry, there'll be plenty of that to go around in heaven. I mean, even the streets in heaven are made of gold, uh, so to speak. Um, So just imagine how amazing the homes will be. Uh, But not only that, if you value travel, I believe there'll be endless places in heaven to explore. Um, If you value art and music, um, I believe in heaven there will be endless vistas and angelic symphonies uh, to enjoy. Um, If you value work uh, and the challenges or making a meaningful contribution, in heaven there will be meaningful work, uh, but with none of the frustrations. If you value working out, you know, and looking beautiful, uh, in heaven all of us will be athletic and absolutely stunning beyond belief. Um, If you value relationships uh, in heaven, um, I believe we'll all be more intimate uh, and connected with everyone uh, than even the most um, adoring couple is here on earth. We could say a lot more, but the point is, whatever you love about this world in heaven, it will be way, way better, right? Heaven is very earthy, is the point I'm trying to get across. Now, someone might say... um, All of this imagining uh, about heaven, Ben, it's not very practical, right? Now, you may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Um, But on the contrary, actually, I want to suggest imagining heaven is one of the most practical things you can do. I just want to give you one example to try to illustrate that point. Um, There's a sociologist called Rodney Stark um, who wrote a book called The Rise of Christianity, uh, and in his book, he, um, he points out that one of the reasons why Christianity spread so successfully across the, um, the ancient Roman Empire um, is because of how Christians behaved uh, during the pandemics uh, that they had back then. Right? So he says a lot of people died in those 
plagues uh, because there was no one to look after them. Those who got sick, uh, they were abandoned uh, by their family and friends. And even the doctors actually fled uh, for their own safety. Uh, But not Christians, says Stark. Uh, Ronnie Stark says, most Christians stay to care for the sick and they didn't just care for their own, uh, they cared for their non-Christian neighbours as well. And as you can imagine, that made quite an impression uh, on those who survived the plagues uh, because Christians looked after them. Uh, And so once the plagues uh, went away, so many people uh, became Christian as a result of the Christian care. Uh, So that's one of the reasons why Christianity spread, according to this historian and sociologist. Um, But what I find so interesting is Ronnie Stark's conclusion. He says that uh, Christian behaviour during the plagues was rational. Why? Because of their belief in heaven. Now, let me say, I don't think Ronnie Stark is a Christian, uh, but have a listen to what he concludes. He says, the pagan gods offered no salvation. What, must, uh, what we must keep in sight as we compare the reactions of Christians and pagans to the shadow of sudden death. Um, so Gallen, uh, one of the famous doctors who actually fled during the plagues, um, he says, Gallen lacked belief in life beyond death. The Christians were certain that this life was but prelude. For Gallen to have remained in Rome to treat the afflicted would have required bravery far beyond that needed by Christians to do likewise. And I love how C.S. Lewis, he's talking about this idea, very similar idea, in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. There's this great line. He says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Doesn't he have a wonderful way with words? I'll say it again. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. So heaven is a place, uh, it's our real home, and it'll be awesome. And the more you imagine it, the more you'll be moved to serve our communities in, in sacrifice and in love. So that's point one. Uh, point two, the highlight of heaven is Christ's presence. So up until now, I haven't really talked about what I think is the best part about heaven, Um, But here it is in verse 3. So have a look with me there. Jesus says, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be uh, where I am. The best thing about heaven uh, is that we get to be with Jesus in his presence forever. Of course, if you're a believer, uh, we already have Jesus' presence with us. We have him uh, dwelling in us by his Holy Spirit. Um, but it's a bit like this. You know, I'm sure of all, all of us who have um, family and friends who are overseas right now, uh, or maybe even, you know, in a different city, um, you know, we've been chatting uh, with them over Zoom. And we all know it's not the same. You know, we can't wait uh, to be able to cross borders or cross oceans uh, to be in the presence of our family or friends, again, in their physical presence. Uh, and that's the promise of heaven. As we read um, from Psalm 16, verse 11, I love the way King David puts it. I- I'm going to read it in the um, King James Version. Uh, I'm on a bit of a roll with that King James Version today. But um, it-, it puts it like this. It says, In thy presence, God, is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And this actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Uh, God is the source of all joy, right? He's the source of all love and life. 
And what this means is everything you've ever desired, right? Um, you know, the love of another person, the sight of a beautiful sunset, um, you know, the sound of a stunning symphony. All of our desires will be fully satisfied in the one who is the source of all those good things. So, in other words, we'll never be fully happy until we are in the presence of uh, the one who made all good things and who sustains all good things. We'll never be fully happy until we're in heaven with Jesus. But not only that, I'm going I'm to be a little bit bold here. I'm going to say Jesus will never be fully happy until we're in his presence in heaven as well. Now, that is almost blasphemous, a little almost. So let me explain what I mean. Um, of course, Jesus doesn't need us. He doesn't need us in his presence. Um, you know, Jesus has the Father. He has the Holy Spirit. Um, he is a member of the most perfect community of love. So in that sense, he's fully happy. Uh, but in the gospel, Jesus commits himself to us. Uh, in the gospel, Jesus um, has decided that he's going to be so fully invested in us, right? He's all in, uh, such that he'll never be fully happy until he's come and taken us all to be with him uh, so that we may be where he is. Right, so um, I love it how one of the authors from the 17th century, uh, a guy called Thomas Goodwin, commenting on this passage, he says, it is, if, it, it is as if Jesus had said, the truth is I cannot live without you and I never shall be quiet till I have you where I am that we may never part again. That is the reason of it. Heaven shall not hold me nor my father's company. If I do not have you with me, my heart is so set upon you. And if I have any glory, you shall have part of it. Friends, let that sink in. Jesus longs for us to be with him in heaven. He gave his life to prepare a place for us. So you can be sure that no matter what troubles you are going through, it's not because Jesus has forgotten you, right? It's not because he's holding out on you. Think about what it cost him. I love how um, Paul puts this in Romans 8, 38. He said, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Right, so point two is the best thing about heaven is that Jesus will come back and will be with us and will be with him forever. But in the meantime, I want to encourage us all to keep waiting, keep trusting, and uh, keep staying, as it were, just like you know, um, the Christians of the, of the past. You know, keep investing ourselves uh, in our communities to serve them in love and uh, keep sharing with them the good news of the hope that we have. So that's point two. Point three, uh, the way in is Christ's person. Before I was a Christian, uh, one of my biggest struggles uh, with Christianity was uh, that, uh, you know, it claimed to be exclusive, right? Um, like many people, I thought that all religions were basically the same. I thought, you know, all religions were basically just, um, you know, equally valid paths up the same mountain, so I really struggled uh, when my friends, Christian friends would share verses with me, like verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, right? Notice he doesn't say, I'm a way. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. And when my friends uh, would, would share that with me, it kind of bothered me. It bothered me a lot. But um, something changed uh, for me. Um, something changed when I realised uh, something very important, and that is Christianity is not a set of rules, which if you follow, you know, you get to earn your way into heaven. Christianity is not a set of rules. Christianity is fundamentally a relationship. It's a relationship based not on merit but on God's grace. And at the heart of the Christian message is the worst bad news as well as the best good news that you'll ever hear, right? It's, it's bad news and good news at the same time. The bad news is that none of us are worthy. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it's true for all of us. None of us even live up to our own standards, right, let alone the perfect standards of God. And that means that none of us deserve to be with God in heaven. But the good news, the best good news is that Jesus is worthy for us. Uh, Jesus lived the life that you and I should have lived, and he died the death that we deserve to die, so that only Jesus is worthy uh, for heaven. Only Jesus is worthy to be in the presence of the Father forever. But the fantastic news is that he wants to share that worthiness with us. Jesus is uh, the only way through him that we can come now to the Father. And there's this great uh, story, I think, that illustrates this. It's a story from um, the U.S. Civil War. Uh, It's about a soldier whose father and brother died uh, and his um, mother and sister desperately needed this soldier to come back and help them out on the farm. Problem was that the soldier couldn't be excused from military service uh, without the president's uh, permission or pardon. And so uh, the soldier set off for the White House uh, in Washington and... um, Unfortunately, though, when the, when the soldier got to the White House, the soldiers, the guards wouldn't let him in. He wasn't worthy to see the president. And so dejected and exhausted, the soldier went to a nearby park and as he began to cry into his cupped hands, uh, a young boy stopped and asked, what's wrong? And so the soldier told the young boy what had happened and immediately the young boy took the soldier by the hand and said, come, follow me. And so uh, together they went back to the White House, they went around a side door in, and through a side door. To the, to the soldier's surprise, the guards waved them through. They went down the hallway, past all the generals, past all the important officials, and again uh, at the door to the Oval Office, the guards waved them through. Uh, they walked in and there was Abraham Lincoln. And when the boy and the soldier walked in, Abraham Lincoln looked up and said, Yes, son, what can I do for you? And the little boy said, Father, I would like you to talk to this soldier. He's something he wants to ask you. And as a result, the soldier got his pardon. In the same way, it's because of Jesus. It's only because of Jesus that we have access to the Father in heaven When we receive Christ by faith, we don't just receive Christ. We receive all of the benefits that come along with him. It's a little bit like if if you were extremely poor and you married someone who was extremely rich, right? You wouldn't just get them. You would get all of their wealth along with them. And so when we have faith in Jesus, it's as though we're uniting ourselves with him. He offers us, uh, rather, he offers himself to us in the gospel. And by faith, we say, yes. I accept, and we join ourselves to him by faith. 
When we receive Christ, we receive all the benefits that come with him. We receive his righteous standing before God. We receive all his riches that he graciously shares with us. And we receive his reliable promise that we will live with him forever in heaven. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And what I once thought was oppressively exclusive, I now believe is amazingly inclusive. You see, because Jesus offers himself to everyone. And it doesn't matter, you know, what your ethnicity is or where you grew up or what your background is. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, old or young, rich or poor. Jesus calls everyone uh, to come follow him. He offers himself to everyone. And he says that whoever comes to him, he will never drive away. Whoever believes in him will receive him and along with him everything else. So friends, in the midst of a global pandemic, there's perhaps no better time than to imagine heaven. Heaven is a real place. It's our real home. The highlight of heaven is the presence of Jesus. And the way in is through personal faith in him. So let me pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you that it's because of him. It's because of what he's done for us and continues to do for us. We have access to you through faith in him. Help us to live our lives confident that heaven is our real home. And help us, Father, to find comfort in the midst of our troubles. And help us uh, to spend our lives on things that will last, including serving our communities and sharing the good news of the hope that we have. For we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.